Today's healthcare can be confusing, frustrating, and at times downright scary. Here to help with clearing up the confusion, putting an end to the frustration, and making it a lot less scary. From Los Angeles are your hosts, Eric and Roy, on the Informed Patient Radio Show. Welcome to the Informed Patient Radio Show, and we are your hosts, Eric and Roy. This is the show where we share valuable information that can help educate, inform, and empower anyone to better navigate the healthcare system. On today's show, we have a very special guest, Marty Claussen, Community Liaison with Assisted Home Healthcare in Thousand Oaks, California. Welcome to the show, Marty. Well, thank you. I am truly honored to be here. Um, this is just really exciting for me to be able to talk about um, home healthcare services and oh, how yeah. it's going to benefit the community. Absolutely. Great. So, Good to have you on the show, Marty. Oh, yeah. We like to start the show getting to know our guest a little bit more and what interested you in working for assisted. Fantastic. Well, it's a good question. Um, I am a nurse. I have my BSN. Very 20 nice. mm, plus years, so we won't tell you how many more than 20 <laughs> years, but I was a nurse a long time ago. I um, started my career at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago. Chicago. Um, that's kind of where I went to college and where I picked up my career. Loved nursing, uh, loved taking care of patients. I actually did a lot of care with AIDS patients, so did a lot of hospice mm. at the time when hospice um, wasn't quite hospice yet. It's very different now. Right. Um, so kind of started my career there, and that kind of carried on, and our family kind of transition all the way over to the western half of the U.S. from Chicago all the way over here. And um, I've done several other things in the meantime, one of which um, our families take foster kids. It was really oh. important to us to take wow. care of those who, you know, weren't able to take care of themselves. Right. Um, and so we took care of foster kids for a while, had a lot of experience with social workers and case managers, just trying to collaborate care, a lot of practitioners involved in that process. So we were really excited and really actually um, honored to be part of that process. And um, when we that was when we were in the state of Washington. And um, for work reasons, my husband and us, all of our four kids moved here into uh, the L.A. area. And we, um, I now work for assisted home health and hospice. So really working for assisted, what really interests me about assisted, one thing, um, I had a friend, you know, you kind of meet people as your kids mm-hmm. do activities together and yeah. they were on a baseball team together. And I always saw her, she was always on the phone or doing something, or she'd come <laughs> in and talk about some things that she was doing. And she was a community liaison for assisted home health and hospice out of our Ventura office. I'm out of the Thousand Oaks office. Um, but she really looked like she loved what she did. So I was always inquiring, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Um, you know, and I got to know a little bit more about it. She was in the home health care industry and she was taking care of elderly patients. And I, I love elders. I love taking care of elderly people. And um, so I was just always interested by it. And, um, you know, long story short, uh, a position came open doing exactly what she did as a community liaison. And um, she connected me. It benefited me to have the medical knowledge that I did as a nurse. Sure. Understanding the process of what um, disease processes, what the patient's needs are, um, you know, taking care of them, exacerbations of symptoms and things like that. And um, just also having my background in foster care, working with um, case managers and social workers, um, I really understood the process with them and and their mentality and how they go about things, too. So it was just kind of collaborating care. So this seemed like a perfect fit for me um, to be able to just manage transitions for patients, making sure patients are getting really good care. I work a lot with physicians. I work with yeah. um, the case managers in the hospitals, things like that to make sure that, you know, what patients are getting exactly what they need. I work a lot with our nurses as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really a collaboration of care. And, you know, what I do now, I think was a lot like, you know, I was as a nurse, 
um, in Chicago, but then also as a, a, a foster parent, um, mm-hmm. was just managing transitions, bridging the gap, making sure that everybody's getting, you know, what they need. Absolutely. Um, so how long have you been with Assisted now? I've been with Assisted two years. Two years. Yes. Okay. And you, it's been in the Thousand Oaks office? Yes, correct. Okay. Great. So, um, I don't know if many of our audience members know, but, uh, Medicare has made some dramatic changes and it has affected all of us. Yes. And one of the changes they've, they've done is they are really clamping down on length of stay time inside the hospital. So they're expecting the physicians and practitioners and nurses in the hospital to uh, stabilize the patient uh, safely, of course, but uh, there's no more delay times for, you know, uh, treatment and testing, everything. So the length of stay is being tightened up, you know, and we found out as, you know, being in the hospital myself, we found out that um, convalescence or the recovery time can be done safely at home, at a skilled nursing facility, or at home with home health. So I maybe you can speak to a little bit of what you've seen or what you've heard from the grapevine on the changes in maybe the last five to ten years. I, I noticed that uh, within the last couple of years, I've been using, myself as case manager, using more home health than ever. Because we're we're putting a heavy emphasis on that, so maybe you can speak a little bit about to about the, the new changes and how it's impacted your business. Absolutely, um, what we have seen is the same thing that you said. Patients are coming home sicker than they would have before. They're not able to stay in the hospital as long as they used to. So we really need to bridge that gap from their, um, you know, crisis, which usually that's what happens. You get to the emergency room, you have your crisis in the hospital, they kind of get you stabilized and then they're far more quickly moving you home. So really, um, you know, our nurses are, are, um, seeing those challenges, but they're meeting those challenges. Um, it's really helpful when you have some really experienced nurses. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of nurses, um, you know, for our company, we'd have run around 26 years. Mm-hmm. We've had nurses been with us 20 plus years as well as, as therapists. So that's, you know, a testimony to, um, you know, I think what we do in our company, they love what they, what they do, but then we also have those highly skilled and highly trained nurses. You know, you can't have a, a nursing student fresh out of school um, right. come in and take care of a patient in the home because they're probably going to be pretty critically ill. You know, you have your patients, home health does cover those who've had surgery, you know, maybe hip replacement, a knee replacement. Um, They used to rehab quite a bit longer, but now they're coming home, you know, much sooner as well. Or you have somebody who's critically, critically ill with disease processes like CHF or COPD. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, we're getting them out of the crisis mode, but we got to get them home. We got to make sure they stay stable. And one of the other things too, not only length of stay, we're getting patients who are a lot sicker than they used to be in the past because they Mm -hmm. don't get much, much time in the hospital. Um, um, hospitals also have ramifications if the patients pop back in within 30 Correct. days. Yes. And so that's also an issue. So I think the community and the hospitals and the physicians are looking to the home health care agencies to make sure that these patients don't pop back into the home right. and, um, within those 30 days. So there's a lot of enhanced home health care programs like that we offer um, that add some extra measures just to make sure that they don't pop back in those 30 days. And part of that is Friday night tuck-in calls, somebody who leaves the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you know, if somebody was a little bit more stable, you wouldn't think to do that. But Friday night, they get four Friday night tuck-in calls after they've leave the hospital. They get weekend visits, things like that. Um, because when you see most patients come back home mm-hmm. or pa- come back in the hospital, excuse me, it's because um, it's the weekend. 
Their physicians aren't there. Right. They just got out of the hospital and they're nervous. They're, oh, yeah. they're worried. They, they, they don't know what to do. They don't know who to call. And even if they have a home health care agency, I think sometimes yeah, families panic. Sure. Um, so if they know, you know what, the nurse is going to be here. She's going to see me. We're going to make sure everything's okay. She's going to evaluate me. Um, we'll be okay. So we're finding that's been very, very effective. Nice. So you're um, available 24 hours a day through, I mean, assisted is available 24 Absolutely. hours a day, correct? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right. And there's also a thing besides that 30-day issue of, of uh, 60 days, too, for the length of time somebody's been out of the hospital for the being able to continue with your benefits. Can you explain that a little? Yeah, first? sure. Correct. No, that's a really good question. Um, and, and that's one of the things that always comes up, you know, is it covered? Does insurance cover it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we really need to make sure as an agency, as practitioners, you know, we're licensed under the public health department. Mm-hmm. We have all kinds of accreditation that we have to go through with them, with Medicare, with Medicaid, and we have to make sure that we're following the standards. So mm-hmm. there's always goals that are set within our first, um, you know, meeting with our, our patient, the first visit, it's a little bit of a longer visit because the nurse is kind of going over a head-to-toe assessment. She's going over the process. She's making sure the medications are um, balanced out. Sometimes you go to the hospital and the doctors, the hospitalists write all these different prescriptions from what your primary care physician has written. So that nurse kind of goes through all of those details and makes sure that, um, you know, all those pieces are in place. And so... Um, you know, after she does that, we, she kind of makes a plan of care. She right. goes over and she, you know, she goes, okay, this is going to be the plan of care. And that plan of care has to really be consistent with insurance companies and what, what they want to see. So we have, we set measurable goals and we have to have outcomes. Okay. So we're looking for these measurable outcomes and we need to meet those outcomes. Now, if we can't, sometimes, you know, a patient goes through the disease process, they're healing, we've got them stable, they're progressing, but it takes a little bit longer. There is an opportunity to go back with the physician and say, you know what? I'm seeing this patient. They, they're making measurable, um, they're meeting the measurable goals, except they're just doing a little bit more slowly. Mm. So they can go, you know what? Um, you know, maybe two more visits of PT, maybe a couple more RN visits, whatever the case, you know, may be. And, and if the physician were under doctor's order, we can't the home health care agencies don't just go right. do whatever they exactly. want or what they see is fit. We what you know they see fit. We ha- are strictly under doctor order. So with that collaboration of the nurse talking with the physician, we can kind of figure out, okay, is it warranted for them to have a few more visits? So when you say that 60 days, yes, we really do want to stay within that 60 days. Right. But if there are some things going on with those patients, um, a lot of times we can get another approval with their insurance company as well. So. Oh, okay. Uh, you mentioned uh, everything's through a doctor's order. Correct. But I've seen in, in situations, and I'm sure Eric has too, and, and yourself, where uh, a patient will say, well, gee, how come I can't have a, a nurse come every day or a physical therapist come every day? And I'd like you to highlight on that a little bit and, and, and <laughs> what's actually covered. Happen. And yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, first of all, just to really clarify, home health um, isn't just because somebody wants to come have the nurse come to their home and see them. It's just more convenient than, you know, to having to go back to the doctor's office. Right. The patients who are homebound and homebound, meaning, you know, it, it's a consorted effort for them to get 
out of the home. And you'll see that a lot with elderly patients or people who, you know, just had surgery. You're not going to go, you know, two days out of the hospital maybe and truck over and see your doctor and have him evaluate you or maybe, you know, um, take care of a treatment or something like right. that. Um, there's also, you know, the issue of dementia and Alzheimer's and there are patients who it's, it's really a big deal for them to leave their home because it throws off their schedule. Right. They can't, you know, keep going to different appointments for therapy, you know, every day of the week. It, it It's really challenging for them with the transitions. Right. So um, they have to be homebound. They have to be within a certain um, criteria. Some of the lines are a little bit gray, but I had one just for a funny little story. Um, we did have a physician who really wanted the best for her patients. So mm-hmm. did, you know, send us an order and said, you know what, this person really needs some physical therapy. We went out to the home while well, she wasn't there because she was a kickboxing class. So <laughs> oh, right. that does not qualify as homebound. So if you're going to kickboxing <laughs> class, you're probably not homebound. So, oh, um, wow. you know, it has to be somebody who it is. It's a consorted sure. effort for them to get out of the home. Um, and so they would fall under, you know, our care then. So it's really doctors ordered. They have to be homebound. Um, and we do have to be able to set a plan of care with measurable outcomes and goals. And sometimes, you know, we do have those patients. Unfortunately, um, those are probably some of our most challenging patients are the ones who are non-compliant. And you set these measurable goals. Um, and you're not there 24-7. A nurse mm-hmm. comes in, home health comes in just for a visit an hour at a time. Um, that's another big question we always exactly. get. They think we're going to come and stay for 24 hours at a time. Right. And that's not what home health is. Right. There is a service that can take care of that. But the, you know, the service that's provided by Medicare or other insurances is really the home health. And we're just the eyes for the physician. And it falls under skilled care. It falls under skilled care. So we go in, we see the patient. You know, right. our visit, however long that takes, maybe there's physical therapy or speech therapy or occupational therapy. They can all go out as well. Right. Um, and then we report back to the doctor and let them know what we see. So the skilled care means that you have to have a license to to do this, the skilled services. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. We're licensed by the public health department. Okay. So if they have a home health aide, for example, or a helper that way that does help with activities of daily living, then that's somebody that doesn't have to have a, a license and that wouldn't be considered skilled care. Exactly. Now, under home health, you can have a doctor's order. Again, we have some patients who are really, really sick, Mm -hmm. and they come out of the hospital, and the physician will order through the home health care agency a nurse to go out, a bath aid to help with activities of daily living, as well as some kind of therapist, maybe physical therapy, there's speech therapy, as well as occupational therapy. Um, And in that case, um, that bath aid, the person who's helping with the activities of daily living, they're under our license. Now, there is something else called um, the caregiver services. The word home care kind of it started to become really elusive. No, nobody seems to know is home care is it licensed? Right, is it right. not licensed? We don't know. So I kind of try to make sure everybody understands. You know, there is the licensed care, which home health is. It's mm-hmm. more the medical piece of it. But then you have the caregiver services, which um, you can have some licensed professionals. Like you, you'll have some nurses go out, and that's in the case of people who are on um, maybe ventilators, and they oh, do yeah. need somebody licensed and skilled. But then there's also the caregiver services. Maybe you know what? They're they they don't need a nurse. They don't need anybody else. But a care caregiver to come out, help get them bathed, help get them cleaned up. Um, and they are not necessarily under, you know, the home health licensing, but um, their company should be licensed as well. Exactly. Okay. So they don't have a license where they're board certified, right. um, like some of our, our nurses and physical therapists are. Now, in the case of, because uh, I've seen this order too, where it'll say, like, say, a registered nurse or for medication compliance, safety eval, and physical therapy, and sometimes they'll write bath aid. Um, now you, 
so the nurse goes out and does an evaluation, but say you guys, you know, send out a bath aid maybe one or two times to come out and just kind of mm-hmm. get the, say the patient was surgery, just needs kind of that right. done. Is, is the bath aid covered under, are you getting reimbursed by insurance under that or is it reimbursement as a package? And you it, just kind of include that and then the money from the skilled services, you're just kind of paying that. That is a really good question. It is included with, with everything. Okay. Um, we don't specifically, you know, um, chunk that out but okay. it is you know they usually get about two visits a week two to two to oh, three okay. times a week depending on how you know sick that the patient really mm-hmm. is and how much they need and again it is under doctor's order right. and it is under our plan of care where the the nurse has to take uh, a look okay. at the patient and go okay is this really needed and sure. we do have some times where it is really nice for us to go in and help them take their bath and the family will be like well can you keep coming with the bath aid <laughs> or they'll <laughs> well, want course. you to come in every day because it's helpful but it really sure. has to be um you know based on it's a, right. it's a need basis yeah so if, if you have a Say a patient that has more specific needs beyond all of this. I, I see you guys have social workers yes. also. So they can help with um, things like helping set up, finding help for this person and financial. And can you highlight on how Absolutely. they help Absolutely. Yes. Now, when the physician writes his orders, I'm glad that you said that. You know, he would write, "I we need an RN, we need a PT, we want a bath aid, and I want a social worker. So that's under, also under doctor's order. Um, a lot of people get a little bit nervous about, oh, a social worker's coming in. Are they going to find something? Mm. It's not that. I think some people have really bad connotations of what social workers do, and that's not really fair. A little bit, yeah. They do. But what, what we're trying to do with these social workers is come in and see, are there other needs that we can help you with? Do you need Meals on Wheels for a while? Or for a long term, you know, there's different, you know, do they need help filing paperwork? Because you know what? They they haven't gotten all their insurance pieces together. Maybe they have one insurance and they really, you know, they want to um, make sure that they get their Medicare benefits, but they haven't done it. We can hook you up. Maybe the social worker won't sit down and fill out the paperwork, but we can get you set up with the people right. that can actually help you with that, with those needs. And they can also see, you know, are there are things going on in your home, you know, that you might need need some extra um helps with. So they're just really another set of eyes and ears. Right. I have another question. Um, I noticed as a case manager, uh, uh, I know IVs uh, Mm -hmm. like fluids and medications are being used more common now in the home setting. Uh, We sometimes have come across where patients and their families are a little, you know, taken aback or a little bit reluctant because it's kind of a hard buy-in that, well, I can have all these medications at home because mm-hmm. shouldn't I be in the hospital for that and other things like that. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about what you've seen as changes. And um, I'm going to guess that um, this is becoming more common and more types of IV stuff is um, being Absolutely. given in the home setting, correct? It, that is that is definitely correct. Um, so nurses do come in there, there might be IV fluids, there might Mm be, um, you know, maybe they started um, getting some IV antibiotics at home or at at the hospital, right, but they're ready to move on home and the hospital doesn't want to keep them there for that 10 day stint of those IV antibiotics. But maybe they just have maybe half of the course to finish up, they can go home with a skilled nurse. Now, um, under home health, one of our goals, you know, again, I said, we're, we're a bridge of care. We don't go in, we don't stay in forever. We've kind of got that, you know, 60 day limit that we're looking at to make sure that insurance covers it. We never want to have anybody have to pay a bunch of money out of pocket all of a sudden because they want these extra services. We're under licensing, we're under physician's order. But, um, as a bridge, 
we can see, okay, are there people in the home? Maybe maybe some people do have those those caregivers, the non-skilled kind, or maybe they have a family member who can help pick up some of those details. Maybe somebody has mm-hmm. to be on IV um, antibiotics for the long term. Right. Um, one of the goals of the nurses really is to, you know, the, the skilled care providers to look around the home and see, is there somebody I can teach some of these skills to? Correct. Not every skill, but there are a few skills that they can be taught. Like hanging an IV bag, it does sound kind of scary. So I don't want to scare anybody that's listening to your show. Like right. your, your parents going to go home and you're going to have to give them IV fluids. You know, it's not like that. But there are people who really are competent to do it. And the nurse does a lot of teaching. That's a big part of what home health is too, is teaching, teaching about the disease process, teaching about, um, you know, staying healthy, teaching about staying out of the hospital and also teaching the family members how to give the best care possible for their family member. I think a lot of people would be surprised that uh, are not familiar with the home health and the IVs that to know that uh, family members actually can hang some fluid for, for a family member. Generally, do they do that with a pump? Uh, set up or do they do that without a pump or yes sometimes yes yes the the pump um because i guess that would be a little bit scary to hang some kind of fluids um without something some kind of regulatory device so yes yes usually there's a pump involved um and again the nurse doesn't walk away and and you know do one teaching okay here you go here's a little (laughs) bag of vancomycin you're an iv nurse now now. she's going to do all the teaching and the training whether there's some technology involved or you know hanging the bag of fluid she's also going to talk about you know um you know, if there were any adverse reactions to the medication. And usually by then, um, you know, you're going to see any adverse reactions to some kind of medications before the nurse would kind of cut the family loose and and let them take it over. So again, and they... They watch them do it. They test them. You know, can they really do this? Are they competent? Are they able to do it? And some people are just afraid and they don't even want to try. But we really do try to encourage that so that their family member can become more independent. That is that is really our goal. Even with physical therapy and occupational therapy, that doesn't last forever. Our therapists go in and they're really counting on, you know, you can't get a therapist every single day. That's outpatient therapy can be covered that way. But home care, it, it's not like that. They need right. to have their physical therapy maybe two, three times a week. We're just a bridge and following up. But in the meantime, we're expecting the patients are going to be compliant. They're going to keep doing those exercises a few times a day. Correct. That their family member also, they're going to educate the family member and go, okay, you got to help remind them or you got to maybe do the exercises with them or make sure that they're doing it properly. We're really looking for a buy-in with the patient and the family members to keep them again in the home. Our ultimate goal is to keep them out of the hospital and to make sure that they maintain their health. And there's um, other things uh, like uh, uh, delivering like uh, or teaching family members or the client themselves how to administer medications such as Lovenox or mm-hmm. insulin, correct? Yep. And, or identifying a family member who could take over that yes. uh, function as well. Yes. Well, something even like insulin, a lot of times people need insulin two, three times a day. Correct. That could get very expensive to have a nurse come out and take care of that. We also see people coming home um, with ostomies, colostomies. You know, they've just had the surgery. Oh, yeah. um, And that care is a little overwhelming. Um, But we do try to get the patients and family members to the point where they can take care of these things because a nurse can't come out every time, you know, the bag for the colostomy leaks or every time they need to check their blood sugar and then, oops, I need need a dose of insulin. you know, those things just are not under the scope of our practice for home health. We try mm-hmm. to really teach the patient or a family member who is able to learn how to do those things. Or is your agency or is there anybody available in case, uh, say, the patient's like maybe stuck, like they've been taught, 
but maybe one day they they say, boy, I just can't really remember this. Can they call you and just absolutely. kind of be talked through? Absolutely. Nah, nah. And if the nurse needs to go back out and check on it, absolutely. They'll go back out and check, you know, if they're really nervous because we don't want anyone to get hurt. We want everyone to be, you know, taken well care of. And so we will definitely walk them through that. And again, 24-7. They can call in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh, something, you know, the IV is leaking or whatever. They can call us 24 hours, seven days a week. Very nice. And let's talk about assisted home health then. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about uh, you guys have been around for how, how long? 26 years. 26 years. I'm pretty proud of that. So you guys are got a good handle on it. We've got a good handle on it. We've, you know, we've you know, stood the test of time. There's been a lot of changes with insurances and even in, in healthcare, um, over the years. And, right. you know, we've managed that. We've, you know, gone with the flow. We've been creative and, and managed some of the challenges that are out there, even like you said, with Medicare and the changes. Um, we're making sure that we're on top of all of the changes and, um, you know, with our licensing and our accreditations. And we've right. been upstanding business in the community for a long time. We've even grown. We have eight offices total now. So not bad. Um, not bad. We're pretty excited about that too. And we hold the same high standards for every single one of our offices. And do you have you forged a good uh, relationships with uh, companies that provide like, for instance, IV fluids? Have you? Yes. I'm sure you established good relationships we with have, those yes. providers. Yeah, they do. And oftentimes they will call us re- with referrals for patients because they know that we will take good care of ah, the patients. Very good. In this industry, what's interesting, you know, with healthcare, if, if, you know, we refer and we say, you know what, we recommend this doctor or we recommend this IV infusion company. And the same goes if they recommend a healthcare provider, a home care provider, they need to know that that company is going to take care of it because you all of a sudden get associated right. with that person and you can, you know, you will be held liable in their mind that, you know what, hey, it didn't work out with this home healthcare agency. You sent them to me. That is correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so everybody's helping each other out. You betcha. I'd like to give you a little testimonial uh, from myself. I've been in case management for several years now, and I've used assisted a lot among other agencies, and um, I can't ever remember a time that assisted didn't come through as a as a glowing company that everything went very smooth. And uh, anyway, my hat's off to you guys. I th- you are a good company. Oh, thank you, Roy. I really appreciate that. We, um, you know, we, we really work hard. Um, our focus truly, I know everyone's mission statement probably on every single brochure says the same thing. Yeah. Patient care, patient care, patient care. But honestly, as a nurse, I can tell you it is focused on patient care. We will do whatever we can to make sure that that patient's well-being is first and foremost on the list, hands down. Even if it would cost us money, we would take care of it. We don't want any patient to be left home without service, and we right. want to make sure that they get the very, very best care. And it's very important to us, and you can see that just in, you know, I mentioned earlier, we have nurses who've been working with us 20-plus years, a couple of them 25 years. So oh. they have been with us since almost the beginning. And you don't get employees who stay anymore anyways. You look around and you, you right. see people don't stay around too long anymore, and and they believe in the cause. They believe in what we're doing. They believe in giving excellent patient care. Um, and so we're, we're just – we're really proud of that. That's very good. Uh, one more question about like wound care. I know that even wound care these days, uh, patients are not staying in the hospital too long. So uh, I know that if there's signs like vital signs are stable, labs are stable, and there are signs of the wound starting to heal, mm-hmm. uh, it we can safely send patients home now with proper you know home health supervision in terms of wound care. Now, I have come personally come across where we have sent patients home with wounds and the home health agency will send out a, a nurse that has some wound training. 
And that's not the same as an actual wound care nurse. Uh, do you have certified wound care nurses that can go out and they're truly wound care specialists? Yes. And okay, we good. also have those um, who can kind of oversee those who are highly skilled and trained, right. like WOCNs, who have their licenses for that, um, so that we can troubleshoot with them too. I mean, some people have been doing the wound care for 20 plus years. We want that expertise. So sure. in addition to having the highly trained nurses that we do, we also have those backups and people that we can go to and go... Hey, this is kind of different. You know, maybe you'll see a wound right. with, with tunneling that might not make sense to everybody, but that's kind of the wounds where all of a sudden they've got like a little wormhole going through. Those are oh, kind yeah. of complicated. And yes. there are some that have infections in them. Um, some people with diabetes have some, um, different kind of ulcers on their feet that are harder to treat because, because they are sick and they're having a hard time managing their sugars and things like that. So you really need nurses who are on the ball. And we, you know, when we get a referral for a patient, we really try to match that patient with the nurse's skill and yeah. expertise. We're not going to send somebody with, you know, a huge gaping wound, maybe with some tunneling, um, that type of thing to somebody who, you know, maybe hasn't taken care of that many wounds. They do have to be highly trained and special. So we do have a lot of um, uh, plastic surgeons who send us their patients as well. We're really skilled with um, the wound backs. That's um, that's my thing to say. (laughs) About 25 years ago, I have to say, because I've been around a while, um, I was one of the first ones to pilot these crazy wound backs. And they were, (laughs) um, you know, they were these suction things that they stuck on the wound to to heal. But um, they've come a long way and they're used often now. And so it's amazing. And they've gotten smaller too. Oh, they have. I I remember when they were big, when I used to be a a, a nurse at the bedside, they, they used to be these huge monsters machines that fit on the end of the bed and they yes. would go like yes. that and they they i just looked uncomfortable but i recently have seen them where you literally they they look like you can just strap them to a belt on your hip or something yep. they're just small and i just i guess they just figured you just need a suction device and if you have small <laughs> tiny vacuum cleaners in your home i guess they figured well i guess you could do that because that's all it's basically doing is sucking and then it's any suction. extra fluid goes into a container container it so it's interesting i was i was the pilot one of the pilot nurses for the very first wound back and like you said they were ginormous and <laughs> so i had two patients that i identified that we utilized it and um the i got a call late late at night the the family had gotten their um electric bill and they oh. went my electricity bill went up 300 and again this was 25 years ago when they first started oh yeah they were because they were beasts because <laughs> they were huge and they oh, heated up the house so but it has come a long <laughs> way and you need nurses who are highly trained to take care of these you know right deal with the equipment. And again, if something happened with the equipment, it's kind of scary to go with something stuck to your leg. You know, this kind of, even if it's a smaller, you know, with right. the suction and it's, um, you know, doing its, doing its thing, you want to know that you have somebody to call. If something doesn't go right, what if it shuts off? What if your electricity goes off? Or what if all of a sudden there's, there's leaking and drainage when you have a home health nurse who is certified and qualified and knows what she's doing? You can call them. Right. They can troubleshoot it in the middle of the night or they can, you know, go out to your home and go, you know what? Let's take care of it. Absolutely. Great. And, um, okay. So one more question. Uh, the, what kind of, um, testing do, do you do for the nurses, physical therapists and so on? Do you guys do a rigorous testing program or how do you, how do you stay with compliance? Absolutely. That's a really good question. Um, we have a whole, our company, we're grateful to have an education department. So we actually have three nurses who oversee our education department that are constantly educating, um, all of the nurses and all of the aides and the LVNs in our company, um, as well as the therapists. So we need to make sure that we're up to date and on top of it. We do, we go above and beyond even with our company. We are CHAP accredited. Um, that is, um, 
just a, a service for us to help us. And they come in and they actually do an audit of our charts and mm. uh, they go watch our nurses provide care. Oh, nice. And what they're doing is they're helping us to prepare and make sure that we are above and beyond the standards that the state requires okay. for a home health care agency. Right. So, and they will, they'll go out and they'll watch a nurse change, you know, addressing on a wound or they'll ask questions. So um, it's kind of, you know, like back to my preceptorship as a yeah, nurse. That would know, be, be nerve-wracking. <laughs> it would be nerve-wracking. But it's wow. worth it because we want to sure. make sure that we have excellent standards, that we've gone above and beyond um, what we need to to make sure that we're giving excellent care. So they help us prepare. Um, and we there is a cost involved in that, but we feel that it's it's really important for us to do that, to make sure that we're on top of things and that our patients are getting the best care possible. Very nice. Okay, and I'm assuming they're all background checked. Absolutely, thoroughly, you know, yep, yeah. absolutely. Everybody's absolutely. vetted. Yeah, everyone's vetted. It surprises me these days. Maybe not for the skilled care, but even for um, caregiver services, the the non skilled, the people are going on Craigslist looking for uh, care providers. That is or correct. Just yes, some random person that as a friend of a friend of a friend. And I yeah. really encourage that, you know what, you check out your home health care agencies, you check out your your care providers, um, you know, you, you just don't want to be sorry later. Now, uh, do you guys offer uh, on the side caregiver services? Do you have a component of that that's a cash like? Ab- uh, or We absolutely or, do. You know, so we have three pay? set up three different companies. We have the home health. We have our home care, which is mostly the non-skilled caregiver services, but Mm -hmm. we do have some licensed um, individuals, like I said, for patients with ventilators who do need somebody skilled around the clock. And Mm -hmm. we also have hospice services. What we have found, um, you know, growing as we have and providing care for patients, you know, there's a need for all these other components. And what's nice is we can tap into, you know, each one of our services. Um, you know, I may go in and see, you know, somebody definitely there, they have a nurse, they have a physical therapist, but they may need a caregiver to come in as well. Um, and, and we can kind of go to the other company and say, okay, you know what, why don't you come in and evaluate and see if that's something that they would like. And then also there's the continuum of care, unfortunately, where people are towards end of life and we can, we can move those patients along that spectrum too. All right. Well, you've given us a, a chock right. full of information. Yeah. Love it. Uh, assisted home care. Wow. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. It was okay. really a joy, and it just went by really quick. So. Oh, and how do how do people in this area, how can they get a hold of you, or it, what's, they want to learn more information? Do you have website, phone numbers? Absolutely. Or, go I would encourage you to is. go to our website, Assisted dot com um assisted one dot com sorry the number one um, okay. assisted one dot com um you can even call us you can call me I'm a community liaison that's what I do I'm out in the community providing education and meeting with people to help them understand the services so you know feel and what free is your help. phone number that they can reach you at? they can reach me at eight oh five three four one two three two five all right that's easy to remember or people could just back up the Back up the tape real quick. And Absolutely can. <laughs> can. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much for coming in. It was a You're great welcome. joy to have you. It was thank a you, joy Margie. to be here. Right. Thanks, right. Roy. Thanks, Eric. Well, folks, uh, that's it for this episode. Stay tuned next time where we will continue to share valuable information for you and your loved ones. For more information regarding the show, our guests, and more about us, please visit informedpt.com. And like us on Facebook. We also invite you to tell your friends and family about the show. So until next time, please take care. You have been listening to the Informed Patient Radio Show with Eric and Roy. For more information, please visit us at 
informedpt.com. Tune in next time for more information regarding the healthcare system and how it affects all of us.